Welcome to Real Food, Real Conversations with Sophia DeSantis, where we focus on finding our happy balance between salad and fries. Welcome back to the Real Food, um, Real Conversations podcast. I'm here with a good friend today. I'm so excited to talk about this product and this subject in general. Um, I've been wanting to talk about this actually for a long time, but I am going to let uh, Tyler Mayoris introduce himself because he knows himself best, and we're going to continue on with our conversation. Tyler, welcome. Thank you, Sophia. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Um, yeah, so I'm Tyler Mayoris, and I am the co-founder and CEO of Cool Beans. And I, after spending 20 years in private equity, uh, I was really fo- focused on investing in food and agriculture over the last 12 years and started to learn more and more about animal agriculture. And it led to me going vegan in 2017, beginning of 2017. And when I did, I I wanted to eat whole food plant-based, which I was learning more and more about as, as being the, the most beneficial from a health perspective. And yet I couldn't find products in the grocery store that were prepared whole food plant-based. And it was very frustrating and looked like a white space to me. And I started talking to some friends and other um, industry veterans and a group of us got together and seed funded the company and, and started developing products to introduce and really to create revolving around beans, which are such a huge superfood. And we're really trying to make beans cool again. And that's what we're all about. Awesome. We, well, we love beans. Um, we eat a lot of beans. So (laughs) this is right up our alley. Um, I just think you could do so much with them just in general. And they're such a great source of protein, of fiber, like so many things. Um, and just overall, I just think that they're so versatile. I mean, I use them in so many things. Being a plant-based recipe creator myself, um, I have seen how like awesome and how many ways you can actually use them that people, you know, honestly just don't even think about. So yeah, and I that's will right. Say, and, and I think what most people, you know, so they're so great for humans, but what most people don't even know is they're really good for the soil and the environment because they put nitrogen back in the soil. They're one of the few plants that does that. And every other plant needs nitrogen to grow. And usually they have to put fertilizer, um, whether it be from guana, from bats, or now what they do is they use carbon. Basically, they burn oil to heat air up to a very high temperature, create a chemical reaction that creates liquid nitrogen. And that's what becomes fertilizer on our fields. But it's very, very negative carbon. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's it's a bad process for climate change. And so it beans are one of those things that are kind of counter to that, which is great. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome information. I love that. You know, so much about it. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Um, and I will say before we dive into our uh, topic today, which is food diversity that I have tried the cool beans product and I think it's awesome. I love it. I love that. Um, it's both gluten-free um, and plant-based, I have not been able to eat a lot of frozen convenient foods on the market um, due to the fact that I can't have gluten anymore. So um, it's been a challenge. And when I saw the product, tried the product, I was like, sweet, this is awesome. And I think that it's so important. I know my audience knows from me that I'm, I really believe in a, um, a life of balance. I don't 
believe in the superiority of always having to eat a certain way or always um, making your own things. And I really um, find it really important to have products out on the market that can be convenient, can be easy, because the real life of most of us is that we are not, you know, always making our Pinterest meals. Like it just doesn't happen. That's not, I mean, I'm a food, you know, plant-based recipe developer, and I can't even do that on a regular basis because life and all that stuff. So um, having products like, you know, cool beans out on the market is really great for those times that you just, you need it. Um, I work during the day, Uh, summer's coming. My three kids are going to be home without really any structure uh, during the summer and I'm still going to be working. So having quick things that I can grab while I'm doing all the things is so important. <laughs> yeah, great. So let's jump into this product uh, topic of food diversity. I think that um, a lot of people listening may not truly understand what we mean by food diversity. Could you explain to us just, you know, for those listening in general, what is food diversity? Yeah, for sure. So w- when I kind of went down this path. One of the things that I noticed, having been a long time investor in agriculture, is that the system's pretty broken. Uh, Most farmers now are monoculture, which means that they grow one crop. And usually that's corn. Um, In some cases, some soybeans, but for the most part, it's corn. And so that is not good for the soil. It's not good for plant diversity, which leads to animal diversity. So it's not good for insects. It's not good for birds. And uh, it's just, we've gone down this path and it's terrible for the soil because you you just, if you grow just one thing over and over again, the soil becomes dead as well as spraying chemicals on it also kills it. And so you just need to put on the supplements, the the fertilizers like nitrogen, potassium, and, and phosphorus. So we really went down this path very early on that we wanted to create products that were had a diverse number of plants because we wanted to foster an agricultural system that would grow a diversity of plants. So we, we were, you know, we're double mission driven here and we're very much about sustainability and, and climate and biodiversity, et cetera. So all of our plants, our three wraps um, have 17 different plants in them. And we were adding two more SKUs this summer, and that'll take us up to 24 different plants. So the idea is that you're eating 25 different plants. So those all have to be grown and they all put different nutrients back into the soil. So they're good for the environment, et cetera. But then the other added benefit is they are amazing for your health. So there is a great book by Will, Dr. Will Bolsiewicz, I can never pronounce that correctly, called Fiber Fueled. And one of his his key themes is that it's more important that you the the diversity of plants that you eat than even whether you're fully plant based from from a health standpoint. And he recommends that you eat 30 different plants a week. And our five wraps will give you 24 of those. So it's it's kind of a fun thing to do. I, I usually get to about 30 plants in two days. Um, partly because I eat our wraps and partly because of the other diversity that I eat. But the idea is to eat a lot of different things because they each have different fibers and nutrients that go into your gut and help foster a healthy gut. And your gut is critical for immunity, what you crave to eat, weight loss, and mental health. And there's just no way around that. Did you say that the wraps give you 24 or 25 of those? 24. The five wraps, so the three that are on the market right now give you 17. 
And then when we're adding the two additional SKUs this summer, it, all five of them will give you 24 different plants. So awesome. All five together will give you 24 of those. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're, we're pretty proud of that. Awesome. Um, and I, again, I will say they're delicious. So it's, it's Thank you. so awesome that it tastes great and it gives you that different amount of nutrients that you're looking for. And I think that's kind of the key here is that, you know, diversity in food is just, just basically just means that you're eating different things because every different plant, every fruit, every vegetable, whatever, it gives you different things. It, they don't all give you the same thing. So right. it's our body needs a variety of nutrients in order to thrive. So having that variety is super important in the sense that like you, your entire system is thriving versus, you know, being, having a lot of one thing. And it's, it's challenging because I, like some people I know, um, also are, I, I'm a creature of habit and I could eat the same thing probably for breakfast and lunch at least every single day. And I yeah. know some people get bored with that, but I, it's just, I, I'm a creature of habit. It just works for me. It works for my, for my um, daily systems and all that. However, just because you're eating the same thing doesn't mean you can't switch it up. So like I do smoothies almost every single morning. So the key right. is to have different smoothies, you different know, different stuff. ingredients in those smoothies. Um, and then, like you said, like you said, with the, you know, the wraps is that you can eat the same one. You can eat the actual wrap, you know, every single day. You just want to switch up the flavors yeah. the you know, and all that kind of stuff. So you're, you're getting different types of nutrients into your body. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, if you just, if, if you're making your smoothie and you add in, a, you know, a small handful of spinach, um, that's going to give you the spinach uh, right. nutrients. And, and what happens is the gut bacteria that really love spinach will then thrive on that and they'll grow in your gut. And you're getting just a host of these different um, bacteria that, that create the healthy gut. So that's really the key. The other thing is to be as close to the whole food ingredient as possible. Um, and that's what we've kind of got away from in, in, in this country. So if you looked at the standard American diet, only 10% of its plants, which already sucks, but then 60% <laughs> of it is highly processed food, is processed garbage. And then the other 30% is meat and dairy. Um, and so, you know, that in and of itself, once you grind up food, it's going to be more likely to digest in your stomach and the stomach acids and never get into your actual intestines, which is where all the good bacteria live, your colon and your intestines. And so processed food for so many reasons is bad for you. But when you grind it up like that, and it doesn't actually get down to where it needs to get to. Well, and also, I think another thing, you know, to remember is that one thing I've been learning a lot is that um, gut health is I don't want to say newer subject, but I think it's just being brought to light more lately. And um, I know for me, especially, I have learned a lot about my gut health and how it affects every other part of my system. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know that I, I mean, and my body has changed a lot. I actually went through early onset menopause when I was in my early forties, I'll be 44 in July. Um, and that's when I started really seeing something going on. And I started seeing um, a new doc and she brought up the possible gluten issue and, you know, basically I just gave it a shot. And as soon as I took out the gluten, my body just completely changed and yeah. I felt so much better. And one thing that I had 
a lot of, um, as I was getting older and struggling through, you know, getting through menopause was anxiety. It was debilitating at times. And that has diminished so much. And so it's, it's so interesting how, you know, our gut and what we're eating and all that kind of stuff affects our mental health. And I just think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. 90% of the serotonin in your body, which is the feel good uh, gene, uh, you know, a protein that basically goes to your brain. 90% of that is, is created in the gut lining. And it basically comes from good high fiber foods. So if you're eating a hundred percent animal based diet, you're not getting any fiber. They animal food has zero fiber. And so you're not feeding your gut, the good, the good fiber that it needs. Um, and so, and, and the other thing I'll say about gluten-free and, and the reason we went gluten-free, um, is really, and we're not certified gluten-free. So if you have the allergy, um, cause it's, it's made in a plant where there's other wheat products in that plant. So it, there could be contaminated possibly with some gluten. But the reason we went with no gluten ingredients was primarily because of glyphosate. And you may be reacting to the glyphosate more than the gluten, because in this country, about a third of all wheat is sprayed with glyphosate a week before harvest to dry it out so that it's easier to harvest. Um, So they don't have to do it, but it just makes it easier to harvest. And unfortunately, there's only two grain bin systems in this country. There's organic and non-organic. So all the conventional or non-organic wheat goes into one grain bin. And if 25 or 30% of it's contaminated with glyphosate, it's all contaminated with glyphosate. And glyphosate is, is basically an antibiotic that kills good bacteria in your gut. So if you eat too much glyphosate, it's going to wreak havoc with your gut. Yeah, no. And I know um, a a little bit quite about that, actually, just, you know, because there's a lot of people that say, you know, they they go to other countries and don't have a problem. Right. And I will actually, I um, potentially, I I don't know if I'm true celiac because I refuse to get tested because you have to gluten load to get tested. And I feel so crappy that I just, I won't do it. but I definitely do have some pretty, you know, crazy reactions and I can feel it. So I will know for sure. I think more about it is um, when I go, my family's from Greece and we go every few years um, to Greece. And so we are going next summer. We are supposed to go this summer, but we, you know, canceled it and put it to next summer just with everything going on. So I will, I will know next summer more on whether it's the true gluten itself or just American gluten, because, um, I plan to test it out in Greece. <laughs> yeah, you I, can also try with organic wheat here if you wanted, which- And also. I have, I used to eat, I can't even do, I used to, the one thing I do miss about about my you know normal eating that I did before is that we did a lot of sprouted grains, organic wheat, we did yeah. a lot of that and I still cannot um, yeah. eat that. So yeah. I, I, I do think too, even though like, you know, we say that, you know, they're organic or whatever, I, I don't a hundred percent believe that they're ne- they're necessarily the same as the same wheat variety they use in other countries. Cause I also think yeah, it, it might be a very, variety issue. Yeah. It's been very engineered. It's been very, yes. so over the years it was engineered to be shorter and grow fatter and more meat on the, the, the stalk, if you will. And that as a result, um, 
is a different plant. It's just a very different plant than it was 200 years ago. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of why I, um, I do think there's just a difference, you know, in Greece, like, for example, I can do more dairy in Greece than I do here. I don't really do a lot of dairy. I know cow yeah. dairy affects me a lot. I can do goat and sheep, which in Greece, a lot of the dairy is goat and sheep based. So right. I have, I don't, I have very little problem there. Um, they don't really just use a lot of cow dairy. So um, yeah, I just think it's different. Like you said, I think it's a lot more is engineered. I think our country has this, you know, um, just this idea that bigger, more, better, faster. And yield, because yield, of that, yield. Yield, yeah, yield, yield, no exactly. What. Yeah. And because of that, I mean, it just, it compromises a lot of our food and it is what it, we have to learn to, you know, and I think some people might just, you know, adapt and be okay. And some people don't, we're all different. I mean, that's, yeah. The key is that we're all different. There's no one size fits all approach in general, eat more plants that helps everybody. But as far as like specifics, I think that everyone just needs to try, you know, what works for them. But overall, like we're talking about food diversity, more plants is kind of the general consensus of what will help everybody. Yes, correct. Yeah. And you don't have, you know, for ours, we, we certainly don't, you don't have to be plant-based to enjoy cool beans. I mean, it's great for you, well, even if you're a flexitarian um, and it's going to improve. We all, one thing that's for sure is 95% of Americans don't get enough fiber. Well, you know, you can yeah. solve that yeah. right here. We have five grams yeah. of fiber in every one of our wraps. And so it, I mean, you solve that problem right away. Yeah. It's actually interesting. I have another podcast episode that we are talking um with a pediatrician, I think it was, and they are talking about um, how, you know, oh, no, it wasn't a podcast. It was a, um, an interview in my uh, private membership group. And we had a pediatrician on and one of the, you know, we talked about um, the protein, you know, phenomenon in our yeah. country. And she laughed and she goes, you know, it's really funny because 96%, I think she said of our country has no protein problems that they, they don't have a protein problem, but 96% right. of our country has a fiber problem. Yeah. So it's actually interesting that we are obsessed with the wrong thing. Um, we are indeed. Yeah. And we get about yeah. 60% more protein than we need. Not, not that it's bad for you, although it, it is weight, you know, it can add, yeah. add to weight, but yeah. It's crazy. Well, and yeah, it, again, it depends on what you're doing. If you're, you know, if you're a hardcore, you know, weightlifter, you yeah. know, bodybuilder, whatever, like, but most of us in the general public and the general middle ground there, you know, we need definitely need more fiber, which is why increasing your plants and increasing uh, food diversity is so important. Um, Absolutely. So tell us in just a few, just, you know, a short, explain, explain to us why the food diversity is good for the planet. I know you talked a little bit about the nutrients in the soil, but how does that translate to it being good for the planet? Yeah, so there used to be a phenomenon. Um, if you looked at farming 200 years ago, farmers would grow seven to 10 different crops and they would rotate. Um, and the reason they did that was because every plant takes something out of the soil and gives something to the soil. And so a wide diversity of plants is putting different things into the soil. And the soil is a lot like our gut. So if, if you think about the bacteria in our gut, if you looked up at night at the stars, there are more gut bacteria than there are stars in the sky. Um, and the same thing is happening with the soil. It's a rich, a healthy soil is a rich, biodiverse set of bacteria and earthworms and, and, and whatnot. And that really good soil then grows stuff. It also holds moisture. 
which creates rain and humidity. Um, and if you don't have that and you've basically got dead soil, ultimately you're going to get to desertification and the, the land, you're not going to have as much rain and you're not going to be able to grow as much. And so that's why people end up putting on nitrogen, potassium, and, and phosphorus, which are these NPK that they, they mine two of those and they create liquid nitrogen um, using a heavy carbon process. Um, and they pour those on and a third of that liquid nitrogen, <coughs> excuse me, basically washes off into the waterways. And that then creates the red tide that you see down at the bottom of the Mississippi River um, in the Gulf of Mexico, where no sea life can, can live because there's so much nitrogen in the water. And that's happening all around the world. And so we need to avoid that. And the way you avoid that is you grow a diverse set of plants that are all putting different nutrients into the soil. Awesome. Um, I did not, that's a uh, really interesting point about how when the soil is holds moisture better, it therefore contributes to the environment and contributes to the rain. Like that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really good book called Kiss the Ground, uh, which is, talks a lot about soil health and growing a diverse set of plants. And I highly recommend it. It's a fast read. I've read it, I think two or three times. There's also, it's also a documentary now. I don't know if it's on Netflix, on Netflix but it, it's fascinating. And it's just to learn about how all these ecosystems work together and we're destroying it by monoculturing all around the world. Super cool. I love that. So then now explain, so you said our gut is, our, is like the soil. So then how does it, um, how does that translate to our gut? Yeah. So your gut is what, what's fascinating about the gut is everybody thinks your brain is where you think, but in reality, we're all like robots to the bacteria in our body. Our, we're more bacteria than we are human and the bacteria are telling us. So the, especially the gut bacteria, it's telling us what we crave to eat. Um, and you know, I'm not a scientist. Um, but if you listen to Dr. Zach Bush or Dr. Will Bolsiewicz, um, and, and some of these people on podcasts, they will talk about it, that you can harm or repair your gut within a week by switching between a all meat diet to an all plant-based diet, et cetera. Um, and, and it's all because you get, you basically replace one set of bacteria with another set of bacteria that are craving these high fiber foods. And that then it, you'll, eat less because, well, you'll eat, you'll eat better things that crowd out other calories. So if you eat high fiber foods, it crowds out other calories. So you eat less of them, you're going to lose weight. Um, it's going to improve your immunity. Here's a fascinating fact. And, you know, I'm just one example, but I've been vegan now for four and a half years since the beginning of 2017. And I also try to eat fermented foods at least a couple times a week. So drink a gut shot or eat sauerkraut or whatever, which is also good because it's got probiotics and whatnot. I've had one cold in four and a half years, which is Great. fascinating. Before that, I would get colds two or three times a year for sure. And this just comes back to the fact that your immune system is going to be better if you're eating a diversity set of plant-based foods. And so that, and then there's also the mental health thing because, you know, basically all the serotonin is created in your gut, gut lining. That's awesome. So basically when you're 
when you're filling your gut with these diverse foods, you know, filled with all these nutrients, you're going to start create, you're going to start craving more nutritious food. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Since going vegan, I, I crave rice and beans. I don't crave, you know, cheeseburgers. Well, and you know what I find, cause, um, I, you know, my thing is I'm very much in the sense of like, I eat nutritious, wholesome food most of the time. However, you know, I definitely go on vacation and have my cocktails and my French fries and all that stuff. But what mm -hmm. my body has learned is that when my mind and my mental health needs a break, it craves that vacation that, you know, forget about it, do what you want, eat, you know, eat your fries, eat your drink, your cocktails. But then when my mental health has gotten that break from, you know, the, the daily grind and it's ready to go back, I actually start craving you know, my smoothies and my, you know, like I'd start craving other things. And it's yeah. interesting how my body has learned to do that. And I think that so many of us have listened to the outside world of what we should eat, when we should eat it. You're not good enough. If you're not doing this, you need to eat this. And we keep, we forget to listen to our intuition and to our inner self. And that's a big thing I think is a problem because there's so many different types of diets out there. And, you know, you follow a certain diet, you do, you totally fine. The problem is, is that so many of these are into making money. So many people out there are into just getting your money and promising you results that don't necessarily take your individual life into account. And that's, you know, a big problem because people jump from diet to diet to diet. When, if you just follow the general principles of like, we're talking about eat diverse foods, mostly plants, but again, you're craving that brownie, you're craving those French fries, go for it, but listen to your body. But when it's time to be done and, and go back to, you know, that, you know, your, your spinach and your produce and all that kind of stuff. Correct. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it for sure. And, you know, generally try to stay away from saturated fats you can have some but so much of our food yes. and even the vegan yes. junk food you know it's just laden totally 25 and 30 percent saturated fat now there yes. are fats that are good for you certainly the, uh, and in nuts and but the saturated fats are just not good for you yeah no totally and like we said you know of course you know a little bit of something here and there is there's i mean i have yet to find like you had er, uh, actually mentioned earlier that being a hundred percent plant-based isn't necessarily the goal. You know, the goal is to be eating more plants, food diversity, because if you're not a hundred percent plant-based and you, but you're eating diverse foods, eating mostly plants, but then eating here and there, you know, certain things, it, your body is much better off than worrying mostly about just eating a hundred percent plant-based because yeah. there's a lot of vegan foods out there that are not necessarily the greatest for you. Um, and again, they're fine once in a while, but I think a lot of people um, fall back on that and they focus less on what it is they're actually eating and more on, oh, I want to, you know, be vegan. I want to do this. I want to do that. And that's not, you're, you're kind of focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you, you can be a vegan and just eat Oreos and Thin Mints, because they're both vegan, but that's not going to be a good diet. Um, yes, totally. Agreed. So health and wellness overall, like we talked about, it's so important, like, you know, the gut, and we talked a little bit about, you know, the serotonin, 
you said 90%, I think it was creating in the gut lining. Yeah. And correct. so, so when we're talking about our physical health, that's all good and dandy. So how, let's talk a little bit about how that translates to affecting our mental health. And, you know, cause from what I see, mental health is just, it's such a big part. And a lot of us forget about it. And that's kind of when I was talking um, earlier about focusing on the wrong thing is we focus so hard on, I need to follow this diet. And in turn, you're putting a lot of stress on yourself when you're just focusing on that. And that's going to start affecting your mental health as well. Yeah, so, no, definitely. And I think in addition to the serotonin, that's mostly you know, the serotonin is again, that, that happy protein that, that makes you feel relaxed um, or, you know, in tune with yourself and, and happy. Um, and that's created in the gut. But in addition to that, eating a sad diet, which is a standard American diet, laden with saturated fat and minima and, and highly processed foods, you're probably going to be overweight. And that's also going to hurt your self-esteem. And when I went, when I went whole food plant-based in 2017, I ended up losing 25 pounds. And um, it was just shocking because I wasn't trying to lose weight. I mean, I, I wanted to lose weight, but it wasn't my number one goal with going plant-based and I wasn't limiting calories in any way. I was actually eating more than I probably did before. Uh, I wasn't counting calories in any way or anything like that, but the pounds just kept melting away every other week. And I was shocked because sometimes I'd think, geez, I, you know, I ate so much this week. There's no way I lost any weight. And sure enough, you know, I had, so I think it's, it's, it's about self-esteem too, which is a big part. You know, you going mostly whole food plant-based, you're going to, you're definitely going to be healthier. You're probably going to lose weight and feel, feel better. And that's got to help your mental health as well. Exactly. And what's interesting is um, I, my husband, we changed our diet for my husband's heart health um, back yeah. in 2012. And he actually also lost I think 25, 30 pounds. And again, not because that was the goal, but yeah. it was what they were cut, what he was cutting out. And that's what people don't realize is that, that it matters. Yeah. Your calories in versus calories out, things like that. Um, but it's more about like what you're eating. And yeah. like you said, like saturated fat, while a little bit here and there isn't, you know, the end of the world at all. But when you're, that's the most of your diet, it's going to not only put on unhealthy weight, but it's going to affect your, you know, your triglycerides. It's going to affect all those things that can lead to chronic illness. Absolutely. And when you don't feel good, you know, self-esteem isn't necessarily just about the way you look. It's also about the way you feel. I mean, I know my self-esteem definitely is affected when I'm not feeling great. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you can't, and when, when you talk about weight loss, a lot of people amp up the exercise and you can't exercise your way out of an obesity problem. Unfortunately, it definitely helps, it's a, Yeah, but you've got to change diet. It, it, that's the fastest way. A hundred percent. Well, it's, it's, it's everything. Like that's the thing. There's not a, a little magic pill. That's the right. problem is people. That's why we're talking about all these people online that's promised these things. And there is no magic pill. It's your overall lifestyle. It's everything you're doing from what you're eating to what you're, you know, how you're moving. It's a little bit of everything. And 
also, you know, people think, like you said, exercising your weight, oh, work harder, keep, um, keep going, you know, work, you know, work out for hours a day. It's like, that's going to break your body down. That is, you can't go from, you can't go from like walking as your exercise to a high intensity, you know, you know, boot camp class. Like it just doesn't happen. But from, you know, basically from people at the very beginning, these changes affect, you see the biggest change at the very beginning. When you go from no exercise to maybe even 30 minutes of walking a day and cutting out some of those saturated fats, that actually yeah. helps. So Absolutely. you see big changes and it, it's not like you need drastic changes. Doing it slowly is actually really important because then you're creating a lifelong habit, right? Yeah, lifestyle versus dieting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what are some, if you want to give some examples of things that, um, you have done, what cool beans, um, provides to help with this whole thing overall, so we can have, you know, so we can let um, the audience know those people that are listening. Yeah. So each one of our wraps, unlike a typical burrito where you might, it's kind of like a mush inside or a stew inside of a wrap. That's not what we have. Our products are basically veggies some kind of a legume, which is beans and whole grains. So rice, millet, um, brown rice, and, and then they're flat, they're flash frozen and, and wrapped. They, the beans and the rice or whole grain have been cooked, but the veggies haven't even been cooked. They're just flash frozen. And then when you actually put it in the microwave or the toaster oven, or however you're going to cook it, um, you finish the cooking process right there. So they're very minimally processed. And, um, and they're in the original form that they came that that they were grown in. Uh, And so that's really was very important to us, we wanted to be really close to the whole food ingredient. And so we, you know, I I tend to eat them almost every day for lunch. Uh, And then in the mornings, I'll I'll typically eat some kind of a bowl like burrito, uh, um, blueberries and, and flaxseed meal and and walnuts or something like that, or a smoothie, like you said, uh, and then dinners, it's curries and uh, some pastas and other kinds of bowls and, and mixes and, and different things that I are a mix of vegetables and grains, basically, and beans. Awesome. That sounds, and one thing I want to bring up here for those listening, I, I mentioned this in a lot of my podcasts that I'm um, going back to um, the whole uh, concept of you have to eat all this fresh produce, you have to shop at Whole Foods, you have to do all these crazy things in order to be healthy. Um, it's, it's so untrue because the accessibility of what you can find is is a really important piece here. And frozen vegetables are such a great Love part of frozen. your diet. Yes. Vegetables are frozen at their peak ripeness. And you are actually getting so many nutrients from that. And there is no, you know, fresh vegetables are not superior in, I mean, yeah, it's great to have fresh, the flavor, the texture, when you can find it. And, and if like it works for your life, but frozen vegetables are great. And the fact that these are flash frozen, you know, vegetables that are not cooked is such an awesome point to that. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is that technology has come a long way. So flash freezing was invented back in the twenties by actually Clarence Birdseye, the guy that created Birdseye Foods. Um, but what they do now with cryogenic freezing is it creates such small particles of water that they don't damage the cells. 
And that's what used to happen is uh, if you freeze in a normal way and over a slow process, it creates large particles of water that damage the cell and create and cell membranes and whatnot. So you get kind of a mushy taste and whatnot uh, and texture. But now the flash freezing, it, it's almost when you unfreeze them or cook them or whatever, it's almost like they are right out of the field and fresh. Whereas what's typically grown as fresh is typically grown in Mexico or California. It's sprayed with something so it stays fresh on shelf longer. And then it's been sitting out and it's really three weeks old probably by the time you buy it. So it's not that fresh. And I actually find that both fruits and vegetables that are frozen taste a lot better if they're flash frozen than if they're fresh. Well, Either and that's, good. yeah, that's why, I mean, for me, like when we talk about, um, I, I mean, while I do think, you know, fine, organic definitely has some great things about it. Uh, that's why I don't necessarily focus on organic. I actually focus a lot on local because yes. like you just said, is that um, just because something's organic, if it's been on a truck for a month, and then it gets to you, you know, f you know, forgetting about the other, the ways it was grown or whatever, as just the nutrients in that, you know, produce, it's not as great as something that's local, um, that a lot of farmers do practice organic practices. They just, it's very expensive to be certified organic. And so yeah. that's why a lot of them aren't quote unquote labeled organic because, you know, to get certified is extremely expensive and, some, you know, a lot of people can't afford it. So yep. local farmers, you know, have amazing produce. And also, you're also, also saving money because you're not paying for these things that have been shipped from far away. And I'm right. very lucky living in Southern California, I have access to so much great local produce here. Um, but that's just the reality is that focusing on local shopping, local shopping, seasonal things that are growing in that season is um, going to get you the biggest bang for your buck for taste, for texture, you know, and like you said, the cryogenic freezing now, that's an awesome point with that. It helps with texture. I'm a huge texture person. And I will tell you the um, cool beans texture of the wraps, the inside that I've tried is, is great. Like I'm really Thank big you. on texture. I don't do a lot of um, mushy stuff. Cause yeah. I honestly ga gag. I, 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 in all honesty, I can't like I've thrown away pots of pasta and rice before <laughs> that have been <laughs> overcooked. Right. I can't. I have a gag reflex with that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, thank you very much. We're, we're very proud of them and I'm glad that you like them. Yeah. Um, so let's finish off real quick. And um, I noticed one of the things that you guys have that I love is that you have such a variety of flavors. So when you're talking about food diversity, how do you keep culture and um, cultural foods and things like that um, as part of your brand and just in general, how should we think about cultural foods with um, food diversity? Yeah, when we went down the road, we definitely um, had international flavors at the front of our mind. And that was one of the key attributes that we gave to the food scientists who developed the products. Uh, and so we started with, you know, nine different types and narrowed it down to six and then down to three that we launched with. Um, but the idea was really to revolve around. So again, because we don't have the sauce, we don't have mushy sauce and whatnot, we're really focused on the spices. And so we wanted to revolve around 
flavor forward products that we could come out with. So we chose spicy Chipotle, which is very spicy and has kind of a Mexican smoky Mexican feel. Mm -hmm. Um, We have tikka masala, which is an Indian flavoring, kind of a medium spice spiciness. Um, So not too spicy, but has a little bit of punch and then Moroccan gold, which is a savory flavor. So not spicy, but it's kind of a sweet and savory because it has sweet potatoes in it and millet, uh, and then beans and kidney beans. And so it kind of creates a different flavor profile that people really like that don't like the hot levels of a, of a spicy chipotle. So that's where we started. And then we're coming out with two new flavors. One's a sesame ginger, so an Asian flavor, and then Tuscan basil, which is an Italian flavor, kind of tomato basil-ish. Uh, and we're very excited Ooh. for those this summer. Yeah. It, did you say sesame ginger? Sesame ginger, yes. So that's, mm. I think that's going to be a very popular flavor um, based on the early returns and taste tests, et cetera. Awesome. That sounds, that sounds amazing. And, you know, another thing with um, culture in general, like around the world, is that when we focus on our foods only being one culture, we're only including certain foods. And if we're talking yes. about food diversity, you know, different cultures use different things, um, different types of produce in their food. And when you're opening up your, your, you know, your minds and um, stepping out of comfort zone and trying different types of, you know, foods and flavors from around the world, you're also increasing the diversity of your food. So it's a, it's a win-win. And, you know, each one of our wraps has a different bean in it too, as well, because one would think you're eating beans and it's the same fiber. It's the same, you know, plant diversity or whatever. It's not. Each bean is different in itself or chickpea or whatever. So um, that's the diversity of that is also very important. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us about food diversity and um, the Cool Beans products. Um, Everything is going to be linked in the write-up for this post. So if you guys are listening and you want to check them out, make sure you do. Excellent. Yes. Thank you for having me on, Sophia. And for those of you listening, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate you listening. And if you love what you hear, I would really, really appreciate a rate and review on the Purple podcasting app. It really helps get my podcast out there and brings amazing guests like Tyler here to get you great information. But I just appreciate you in general. And please make sure to tune in next time when we are going to be talking about wellness in general and continue the conversation. Thanks, everybody. Chat soon.